Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the History Obscura Reading Room. It's hurricane night tonight at the estate, so you mustn't mind all the howling and wet little paws. Let's get right to it, shall we? Once upon a time, in 2003, a young librarian named Suzanne Caro discovered a 19th century relic hidden inside of another 19th century relic. The first object was a book written on the topic of medicine during the American Civil War. It was written by one Dr. W.D. Kelly and published in 1888. The second object was a small envelope placed inside the pages of the book apparently some time ago. Something was handwritten on the front of that little envelope. Carol focused on the letters and read out, Scabs from vaccination of W.D. Yarrington's children. The note was signed, Dr. W.D. Kelly. Ms. Caro, being a sensible sort of librarian, opted not to open the envelope and check if said scabs were actually inside. Instead, she did some research on late 19th century vaccination and disease, and came to the conclusion that they must have been collected by victims of smallpox. Caro, a resident of New Mexico in the United States, turned the package into the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in Atlanta, Georgia. The CDC relished the opportunity to study these scabs, which were indeed hidden inside the 120-some-year-old envelope. They wanted to better understand their own stored vaccine for smallpox. Though museum representatives, with whom Ms. Caro had been in touch, had hoped to display the odd find, they settled on a photograph which Mary Reynolds of the CDC's Division of High Consequence Pathogens has published online. You will find that very photo on Twitter at HistObscuraPod. And Instagram, that's also HistObscuraPod. Go on, look at the diseased flesh. I'll wait. Now, as absurd and random as this story sounds, Ms. Cara was not the first person to discover such a collection. Another envelope, this time with an enclosed letter, was discovered hiding out in a Bizarre Bits exhibit at the Virginia Historical Society. The letter reads, Dear Pa, The piece I enclose is perfectly fresh and was taken from an infant's arm yesterday. Dr. Harris says the enclosed scab will vaccinate 12 persons. But if you want more, you must send for it. I will pin this to the letter so that you cannot lose it as you did before. The scab itself was wrapped up in the letter. The method by which doctors would use the scabs of infected people to vaccinate the uninfected from the same disease is actually called inoculation. Through the process of inoculation, doctors would scrape off single pox from patients suffering from a disease 
in this case smallpox, and then rub that scab over fresh scratches on the skin of an uninfected patient. In some cases, scabs were rubbed inside the mouth, or the pus from within a fresh pock was used in place of a scab. This created contact between uninfected people and a mostly defeated form of the dangerous smallpox virus. In recognizing that weakened virus and developing a very mild case of smallpox, the bodies of inoculated patients learned to fight off the virus during any future encounters. It was somewhat problematic in that one could not necessarily control whether inoculated patients developed mild or severe cases of smallpox. Known medically as the variola virus, smallpox may sit unnoticed within an infected person for two weeks before showing itself. When symptoms appear, they usually begin with a high fever, headache, and back pain. Once in full bloom, the virus causes eruptions on the skin called pockmarks. These cover the entire body and leave scars on the survivors. Pharaoh Ramses V, who ruled Egypt 3,000 years ago, shows signs of these telltale pockmarks on his mummified skin. Again, I'll try to add that to Twitter and Instagram, but... Who's to know when the internet's going to conk on out for the night? Smallpox itself is in fact a very ancient disease, potentially reaching back as far into human history as 10,000 years. And of course, it was one of the main diseases to sicken inhabitants of the Americas when Europeans began making regular... Mm, visits. During the time period during which both sets of scab envelopes in this story were created, there were smallpox epidemics all throughout the Americas, from British Columbia and Canada, over to Pennsylvania and the United States, and all the way down to southern Chile. The smallpox virus is relatively hardy and capable of living in a scab for months or even years, and that's why federal disease control officers were called in to handle both of these scabby envelopes from New Mexico and Virginia. CDC officials told the Virginia Historical Society that their scabs would be returned, if possible, following radiation treatment, though I see no records of any such materials in the collection after 2010, unfortunately. Where have they gone? Ah, well... That brings us to a delightful clipping from the Silver Cliff Rustler newspaper, published March 21st, 1900 in Colorado, United States. The title is Smallpox Distributors. Subtitle, How the Germs Are Nurtured and the Disease is Spread. <clears throat> It would seem that people will never learn to be careful. The recent alarming spread of that dire epidemic, smallpox, throughout different sections of the country has been traced by physicians and sanitarians in many instances directly to the moldy and rotting layers of paper and paste which cover the walls of many houses. 
the practice of laying layer after layer of paper on a wall using common flour paste is especially calculated to create homes for disease germs. People could not do more to affect such a result if they tried. The rotting vegetable matter affords caves from which are ready to dart forth the infection at every opportunity. There is no excuse for this practice, as walls and ceilings can be coated with a pure, clean and sanitary material, like alabastine, for instance, at no greater expense. Alabastine is a rock-based cement which incorporates itself with the wall or the ceiling. It is easily applied, comes ready to mix with cold water, requires no washing or scraping before renewing or retinting, is beautiful, long-lasting, and safe. For walls that have been infected, nothing is equal to alabastine as a disinfectant to render them pure and clean, and the rooms once more habitable. Um, hmm. Well, friends, I hope you've learned to stop playing with those scabs and go to sleep already. I'd ask you to wish us luck in the storm, but no need. I believe Freya and Bastet have us quite covered. Thank you. Good night. Good night.